understand. What's good, people? First off, what's good? Hello. <laughs> I hope you are all entertained. <laughs> it was a glorious, glorious Memorial Day weekend here in America. We are celebrating the troops. Meanwhile, massacres. Not in Canada. <laughs> not in Canada. Not in Canada. <laughs> massacres are happening. Uh, I, 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 I had so much adrenaline last night people that i did not get i like i got like three hours of sleep <laughs> i was just on the twitter i was on the hip-hop head subreddit i was like looking at all like you know the the this the digital carnage that was going around this, this violence oh violence. man and and I, I i could not sleep whatsoever <laughs> And I'm just rocking back and forth in, in, in my chair at work, ready for this moment. <sighs> oh my goodness! First off, let's have let's uh, crack our beers. Yes, we have uh, this 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 week's beer sponsor is Legend Has It by Interboro Brewing, and it is the official one of the official because I have a couple run the beers jewels run the the jewels beers. Yes, when you have to go mug somebody <laughs> when you got when you got to go out there. Uh, <laughs> the only beers we drink are Run the Jewels beer. <laughs> Salud. Cheers. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. So before yesterday, I was going to go into this podcast saying that Drake won. Why he got poked a scorpion? Drake is a, is, is a champ at this. Why are you going this route? Pusha, why are you even bringing up the whole Quentin, you know, ghostwriting thing? Like, that's old news. Meek Mill got bodied. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? Just go and promote your album. What the hell, man? Like, why you got to drop a Drake diss? Yeah. <laughs> Let me start from there, because I want to interject. There's Crow, and I'm eating it right now. <laughs> that diss was a good diss, because what I liked about it was, yes, yes. The Drake quitting stuff was a little old. However, I thought him calling out Lil Wayne for basically going through the motions because he's kind of trapped in hip hop, kind of, was a very dark thing. So True. when I first heard about it, like, you know, and somebody said it online, kind of similar, where it's almost like TakeOver went out Nas, but it kind of really buried Mob Deep. Yeah. So it was kind of similar to this, whereas, like, he was throwing shots at easy shots. Yeah. Very easy shots at, at, um, obviously at, Drake, but at the same time, like those strays, Lil Wayne caught, like it, it, those hurt. Like the idea of where, like you know, another multi platinum rapper trapped. Forget the way he kind of worded yeah. it. Where it's like, yeah, ah, shit. It kind of shows you, like, yeah, at a certain point, you almost become a nostalgia kind of act where you're just kind of up there because you have baby mamas to pay off and bills to pay. And yeah, you're yeah, kind of going through the motions. So I actually thought the original track was great. And I actually know, let's, let's rewind why more. The Pusha T album, I think, is great. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Like, Daytona was great. Uh, I, you know, the, the track going at Drake was, I, you know, it was a solid track. Um, Drake's rebuttal, Duppy uh, Freestyle was, was great. Yeah. We thought it was amazing until yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. If uh, I, thought, I thought it was... See, the thing is with Duffy, I, I thought it was great, but it wasn't anything spectacular. He just, like you said, is... At a certain point, all push you could offer Drake is, oh, yeah, 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 Ghost Riders. He had a great comeback where I was like, hey, if it was ghostwritten, then how come I'm here and they're there? 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I know that that Drake Ghost wrote uh, Thirty Hours and Father Stretch My Hands on on Pablo. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was, I mean, it was in pure Drake style, but I thought as a comeback, I mean, it wasn't back to back, but I thought as a comeback, it was it was pretty solid. Yeah, and I think you know when we when we thought that we we're playing by some established rules, <laughs> it would serve as a decent comeback. Yeah, you know? uh, and and I <laughs> there there are no rules in modern hip hop apparently because that was just I can't think of obviously Tupac hit him up Tupac Tupac because that's how we speak Tupac Tupac um, obviously Tupac hit him up was a big deal because I fucked your bitch is it it's hard yeah. to come back from that in yeah. general yeah. But I don't know if talking about how your producer has multiple scoliosis is gonna die. Well, all right. So <laughs> let's start diving into yeah. Push's story of Adion uh, and all of the multiple layers here. Um, basically, first off, it starts off the cover is a real blackface photo <laughs> that Drake took in 2008, uh, which I, there's actually some background for that. Um, essentially, there's this, this like kind of uh the clothing line called two black guys like t-o-o black guys we actually profiling on cow sessions in, tw- in in 2008 and they're based in toronto and like back when we we're doing all this like eccentric ironic hipster shit <laughs> like they were like doing like all of these kind of like 90s like bright colors with like you know sambo references and things like that being ironic take back the power you know, so I and I guess like there was a, a photo shoot that was kind of like a part of that, uh, that Drake was a part of that never that was going to be kind of like, uh, I guess a part of like the like some lookbook or whatever. Um, and they scrapped it and they went with like, you know, a more traditional lookbook with like Pac Div. Um, so that's kind of like that's where it starts off blackface photo. <laughs> <laughs> Adion, which is. I guess Drake's new Adidas line that now everybody knows about. Yes. Uh, the mention of Drake having a illegitimate son <laughs> that Drake does not allow to get past the border. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the, go, going after, you know, Neil for you should be uh, for having multiple sclerosis. Going after his father. For going dressing. after the father for like walking out his mother. In the suits uh, he wears, you know, going after his father's suits, <laughs> <laughs> and then taking Steve Harvey down. Yeah, no, in the crossfire. It's it was, <laughs> and the thing is, and I think we kind of because what I, what I like about Pusha in general and the clips and the thing they have and what they do so well is the fact of where even in their raps because they do drug dealer raps, which are very yeah. they're not the first ones to do it. That's there's 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 a whole genre of it. There's a lot of MCs that do it, but. What made them great about it was the fact that they always felt like they were speaking, like the, the the concept of a guy rolling up in that car and hopping out of that brand new Maybach and just kind of looking at you with disdain as he rushes his rushes his Rolex across and walks out the fancy restaurant. It's kind of like I'm speaking from the mountain down to you. It's kind of weird, like like almost WWF villainy. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. like like that was always very Ric Flair, you know, Ric Flair, Macho yeah. Man, Andy Savage. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like we're I am the I am. I am happy being the bad guy. And that's what made them such great rappers. So it's weird where, in hindsight, where since they're able to do that kind of material and that kind of persona, 
and just regular like co-crabs, we didn't think Pusher would kind of actually become, <laughs> embrace his final form as full villain and just go, you know, no holes barred, you know, I'm in the ring now, swinging chairs at everybody kind of rap. We thought it would be, like you said, rules. You know, yeah. like, hey, yeah. keep it to bars. You know, this this rapidy rap, you know, talk about my MC skills, your MC skills. Let's keep it above ground. And <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Women yeah. and children were harmed. Yeah. Which is kind of sad. Somebody pointed out that women are collateral damage. Yes. Both, you know, Push's fiance and now, I guess, Drake's baby mama, I, I guess now are just kind of these names are collateral damage. But, yeah, I, I, I think, like, I, I, you know, and we were kind of looking back at some of like, you know, of the the great rap battles <laughs> of yesteryear, kids. Uh, but I think this this kind of you know essentially is is in the top tier. I I, I think just for the viciousness, um, and, and I think it's not even that vicious. It's just basically, you know, telling the truth, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and and kind of breaking down, you know, because because. And, and I, you know, shouts out to my wife. She's she says that Drake and Beyonce are kind of the same. They have this kind of like manufactured persona. Um, you don't really kind of know who they are, but you know who they are. But they they kind of let you in to different moments. And I think now it's like pushes like number one, you're corny. Which I think as hip hop, we've kind of given Drake the pass on that. We know he's corny, but he actually makes decent ass music. Yeah. But then number two, like you have this persona about you being this like, you know, like, uh, almost like hurt, emotionally sensitive person, but you're still just a regular ass dude, hood dude. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, you know, with this, you know, this child who, who was, you know, supposedly illegitimate. No, I, I think she I, was, I think she nailed it perfectly because that's my thing. Is this weird where, all right, he really couldn't catch him on the ghostwriting thing per se, that all oh, your raps are a fraud. But what's crazy about it, if you really think about it, what makes it really devious, he took away the whole brand. Because Drake's thing is the fact of where, you know, I'm this guy, I'm this nice guy, I'm meeting all these women, they play with my heart, I get this. Like, he's his thing is that he may be an asshole, but he's not a douchebag. Yeah. Like, Drake raps as if where, you know, he'll take you out to do cool stuff, and he'll, like, open a door for you, and he'll be really nice, and you guys might not get along, and he might write a, write a bitter rap about it, but he's not a dick about it. Yeah. But when you find out, like, he's out there, you know, he's got a kid he's not apparent, like, you know, we, but we don't know the background, but at least right now it looks like a kid he's ignoring. And he's, you know, he's he's not dating these quote unquote good girls or a, a waitress in a restaurant and all these other high powered women. It's somebody who's, you know, basically and not to really even shame somebody who's like seen as a sex worker and unfortunately time we see as lesser. Yeah. So this whole idea of where Drake is out there doing, you know, you know, Drake has a persona of where he's out there, you know, dating like, you know, future female execs and lawyers. When in reality, he's just like, you know, all the other rappers. Yeah. And that's where it gets, like you said, it's, where it's interesting where. You know, you really could catch him on ghostwriting, but obviously this whole Drake nice guy thing he's been doing is not. He's the yeah. same the same way you could go after Future for having all these baby mamas and all this other stuff, yada, yada, yada. Drake is that same dude behind once you take the personas off. Yeah. So that's where it's kind of fascinating where, 
he didn't exactly call him out for being fake as far as as rhymes concerned, as far as actually writing those rhymes. Yeah. But the persona behind those rhymes, oh, he took the veil off. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and I think like <laughs> if he tried to to go the route like Common tried to do, <laughs> remember when Common tried to drop a Drake diss track <laughs> and call him fake and inauthentic and yeah. corny? Like we all know this. Yeah. And <laughs> you know. And that's the genius of it. He called him inauthentic, but in a whole other way. In a whole other way. Yeah. Whereas it's like, all right, you know, you, even your corniness is fake. Yeah. Like even even the idea of you running around here pretending you're doing whoop whoop whoop, even that's a facade. You're the same guy like the rest of us. And I think that's what kind of makes us this kind of genius. Where, like, you know, when a lot of rap out like Meek Mill, after Meek Mill the first round, we looked at Meek Mill differently. But I think it's more because, like, ah, shit, you got fucked up, homie. Yeah. It wasn't like we looked at him differently. Yeah. He was still the same Meek Mill, which is why, you know, a year later, we were just like, we love Meek Mill. Yeah. He, we didn't look at him any differently. We just kind of felt bad for him at the yeah. same time. And we thought he was a little stupid for even going into that same place. Yeah. With Drake, it is he just looks totally kind of different now. Oh, yeah. Like, it's enough to the point where it's like he almost got dragged out to his level, where normally you would say, oh, this Drake is out there in the corner and he's not really hip-hop, yada, yada, yada. But just by kind of breaking those doors down, where it's like, no, you know, it's this your king. <laughs> yeah. That's where yeah. it's like, ooh, where if it was, and, like, and, and the thing is, I think if it was another rapper, like if this happened with, let's say, like, oh, go back to Future. This happened with Future, it's like, oh, we left the kid somewhere and blah, blah, blah. Nobody would really care. Exactly. But it's just because Drake has been working, meticulously working. Like, he probably has a team of like 30 people working on his brand to make sure that, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that, he's showing up on these pop songs, and like, he's just meticulously kind of maintained. Yeah. In a weird way, it reminds me of, you're going to love this, Tiger Woods. Mm. How when Tiger mm. Woods was there, where I think Tiger Woods, because, like, like, you know, the reason why Tiger's, Tiger Woods' fall happened, besides the fact it was very public, was the fact of where he was this good guy image. Yeah. And he got found out, blasting the paper for, you know, hanging out in show clubs and doing all this other stuff. Yeah. Where somebody, like, let's say, going back in that same era, if that happened to Michael Jordan, we would have all just fucking laughed. Exactly. <laughs> <coughs> exactly. So it's the idea of where, like, that he kind of destroyed his brand in a weird way. Yeah. So that's why, even if he comes back and says, oh, push it to this, push it to that. I think at least for the time being, unless like like it's weird if Drake claps back, it almost has to be more of a PR move in addition to going after Pusher than just saying, "Oh, Pusher, I've got tape on you," you know, blah blah blah, doing this, and you were out there, you know, serving soft ice cream cones, and you're not a real drug dealer. That's not going to really hurt Pusher, I think, at this level is the fact that he took a little bit of Drake's brand with him on the way out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I think like you know, Pusher understood the fact that he had nothing to lose. Right. I mean, you know, Pusha is a popular rapper. I would probably put Pusha in like my top five, yeah. top ten. You know, I enjoy I enjoy his wordplay, uh, but he's not as popular as Drake. And Daytona is not is not even, you know, I was looking at the Google search trends before this all popped off. It wasn't even as popular as Aesop Rocky's album that dropped the same day. Yeah. So, like, you know, like he had less to lose than Drake. Yeah. So when you have somebody in the corner who has nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all gloves know? off. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, to a certain extent, I, I think being, and it, and it kind of goes to the bigger issue of the beef in general, I think also being in that good music Kanye West kind of group, kind of, he's relatively insulated because, you know, he's not going to sell a lot of records, but yeah. he'll sell some. Oh, yeah. His, his, his lifestyle is kind of set to a certain way where he won't die poor. He yeah. may not die, you know, with, with a house of Calabasas, 
We'll definitely have the nicest house, you know, well, in, in a 50 mile radius in VA. Apparently, like with all the drug references on Daytona, <laughs> he's still running drugs on the side in Santo Domingo. Uh, so <laughs> we'll anyway, get, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but but I, and it, like I said, it's, it's, it's cool to kind of see somebody kind of go like we just didn't think, particularly in the way kind of hip hop is so well. And I think maybe that's why it's also kind of cool watching this. Even now, it's it's such all about branding and images where like it's cool to kind of see like oh this is this is this is behind the screen like here's here's a peek behind because you know you kind of have you've got weird like you know to a certain extent you've got a lot of things you know you know what's happening in front of the scene and behind the scenes a lot of kind of weird places a lot of celebrity kind of hip-hop is very going back to like what your wife said is very guarded whereas like very much like even when they're doing dirt it's a it's a meticulously put together version of the dirt they're doing. Yeah. So it was kind of cool for a pusher to be like, yeah, you got a kid, you got this shit coming out there, you know, da 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 da, all this other stuff, and it's kind of pulling all these like things down. So it's kind of it's entertaining in a weird fucked up voyeuristic kind of way. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. And I think too, it, it's it's a further twist of the knife as well because of the Adidas thing. Yes. You know, now that is. At least on hold, if not ruined. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that was time to drop right right before Scorpion, which is Drake's album that's supposed to drop on the 22nd, I think, of, of next month, of, of June. Um, so it's like, it's it's also like, you know what? Me, Pusha T, I'm not going to have a shoe line. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck your shoe line. Because <laughs> it, it can't, like, would, you, would anybody buy that line now? Like, would you buy... Like, considering that that word is known as as a diss song or one of the best diss songs I've heard in a minute, yeah. would you want to wear that on a jacket? No. Like, even if it's a cool-ass jacket. No. And that's where it's kind of like hilarious to kind of where it happened. <laughs> and the thing is, let's, let's, let's take a step back. Like, even though Pusha obviously is a bad guy here, Drake is no angel because Drake has, has definitely shot some shots that were kind of below the belt. Like, when he went after Kid Cudi for being, you know, when he yes. went to the... So, like, Drake is not an angel here, but it felt like at least Drake... Wasn't 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 really about to go completely, you know? Yeah. Like tear down your dreams type <laughs> shit. What? Fuck off, multi million dollar dream deal type <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I think too. I mean, that's that's kind of interesting because you know, yeah, I, I do think that Drake. Even though I thought Duppy Freestyle was great, um, I do kind of sense like a you know kind of like not really a leniency, but I, it it didn't did feel like automatic for him. You know, it's like, oh, like somebody's dissing me. Cool. I like let's get in the studio. Let's do this. Well, I mean, you know, and you know, I think like one of the things I was going to say before this all happened is, you know, and I'm sure they're they've both been compiling like dossiers on each other. <laughs> the hip hop spies you know, run deep. Like opposition research. Hip hop KGB. You know, because this is a long-standing beef. This, I mean, this beef dates back between like Lil Wayne and 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 uh, well, yeah, it's generational Baby now. Yeah, versus you know uh, Pusha and, and Pharrell. Yeah, uh, apparently off of of a, a unpaid producer like uh, like Baby didn't pay Pharrell for a producer credit or something like that back in like 2002 or some shit like that. Oh, and that's where it's on. Uh, You know, so it's just like, this is a long standing beef. So they've had time to compile these dossiers. (laughs) The cold war of hip hop. (laughs) It is. It is. It it was, it was always a cold war until they, they all started going nuclear this, this, this past weekend, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I don't even know what I was going to say about that, but uh, but no, I I I think it's it's, it's kind of interesting to kind of see, uh, you know, like like Drake being put in this corner because I, 
I don't know where Drake goes. You know, it, it's I'm curious to see because you know, like the whole the old like adage is like when they go low, we go high. Like, can Drake? Should Drake go high? Should go? You know, should he go even lower? You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 but that's the thing. I think he's got to fix his brand. I think he's got to do something where, like, it's gonna be weird because for it to be an effective diss, he's gonna to have to spend like half the bars explaining away all the all the stuff, or at least trying to make a. You know, he might say something where my kid was, you know, I wanted my kid to come out as king, which is why I was waiting to. You know, he's gonna to have to, which is weird because usually rap songs are just like. <laughs> You know, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. It's not about, well, what you said, paragraph 18, 15, I have to refute this, and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Which is, I think, what Drake is going to effectively kind of have to do. But what's good about this, though, let's take a bigger picture. Because uh, one thing I found interesting about the about the disc, its timing was, so around the same time, so, you know, he dropped a disc on Friday. And then I think Saturday or Sunday, he dropped I'm Upset. Which, yeah. Which sucked. You took an L that on was, that one. That was a horrible ass song. You took an L on that one. In hindsight, it made sense because I was like, why is he so bitter? And in it, there's a lot of references about paying child support and going 50 mm. 50. So I was like, oh shit. You know, maybe either way that, you know, maybe it was just him venting. Like I was like, maybe it's a, way, a weird way. Because like I said, it's weird because after the Pusha T dropped, that's when I was like, oh, that explains those references. Because normally, like we discussed, Cookie's yeah. very much nice guy. Yeah. It was him just being basically like, I ain't going to pay no home, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, fuck, that's kind of off-brand for Drake. Yeah. In addition to the song Sucking. So I think that to be funny, let's be totally honest. That's, you know, going back to, you know, the, the last time two superstars kind of fought, you know, when it was the TakeOver versus Ether. You know, at that time, Daisy was going at, you know, even though people kind of now say, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 you know, Ether killed Jay-Z, Jay-Z sucks. If you had to be realistic about what's happening at that time, even if we can disagree or agree that Ether was a better song, overall, TakeOver, I think, was more effective because after TakeOver, we had a whole other Nas. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for TakeOver, we w- if it wasn't for TakeOver, basically, Nas wouldn't be awesome in 2018, <laughs> <laughs> while Jay-Z is basically the worst rapper in the Knowles family. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy here. But either way, he energized him in a way that Nas came back like where he's he's a beast today. Yeah. And I'm hoping that because Drake is kind of Drake has not been Drake for a very long time. I mean, he's been in cruise control. Yeah. And, and he, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and across the board, like not even the pops, like even even like like the last big song was Hotline Bling. And it was cute, but it's still a dram bite. You know what I'm saying, kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, these things come in, you know, it, Drake drops the track. Even when you look at something like Views, which is not a great album, but it's still got a billion streams. Yeah. Like, he has a built-in, you know, kind of base where he can drop something um, and people can, you know, resonate and, and he can still kind of move the needle. So I think he did get in his comfort zone. Uh, whereas now, I, I, I think I don't, I don't think he's ever kind of been at this point in his career where he has to really come, you know, he, he has to put some thought into this, right? Yeah. He has to really come back hard. He has to really kind of make an effort uh, and also kind of maybe even think outside of the box, you know, maybe it's not just a diss track. You know, <laughs> like one of the things I thought was really cool, um, like... <laughs> When you know we all thought that Duppy Freestyle was great, was that he sent the invoice? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is kind of like a continuation of what he did 
when he was you know uh, battling McMill, and he said like, "Oh, Charlemagne wants to you like champagne or something," and like sent the the physical champagne to Charlemagne and got that social media like buzz off of like the track and made it can kind of continue. And that's a marketing thing, which works well. And I think he needs to kind of think outside the box in terms of like his next step. Because I, I think there's not too much you can do on wax right now. There's not. <laughs> I, yeah, know? like I said, I think I think it's because he hurt. It's not like he got dissed, but he just kind of got exposed in a way where I think kind of kind of changes the way. Like I said, the way the way Drake is not the same Drake he was yesterday. Yeah. Not because he's more hurt, but just because oh shit! Like for the good guy, we do not think you'd be the guy kind of being a deadbeat dad. Even if not true, the fact that we don't know about the kid, because we don't know 100%, but... We don't know. Yeah, but even then, the idea of where, oh, shit, this guy's got all this crazy stuff about you that we didn't know yeah. as a quote-unquote audience when your whole thing is sincere, nice guy raps. Yeah. Like, that's your whole shtick. So that's why I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see his next steps from here. And what I think is kind of even more hilarious is, like, uh, kind of moving the needle a little bit, the new Kanye West album. Like, <laughs> I don't know if we care about the new Kanye West album now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, and, and, and like we, like true, like real talk, we weren't caring about it yeah, last we week either. But we, you know, <laughs> we're like the beast might be hot. Now it's just like, where's where's the, this Kanye shit? Where's the new Drake song? It's been almost a week. <laughs> yeah, and and it's happening. He sent out the invitations for the listening party. Uh, did you get one? No, I did not uh, get I one. I didn't get one either. Uh, in, in Wyoming. Oh, it's in Wyoming. You know, it, it, it's yeah. definitely happening. Chris Rock is there. He's on Instagram. Uh, He's in Wyoming. So, so uh, for, they flew out to Wyoming, which would be probably, you know, anywhere in, in either the coast, three-hour flight. Yeah. Just to kind of land, listen to 20 minutes worth of music. And it's to hop right back out out here. I mean, look, I, I would do that. Yeah. Uh, I, even Maga Kanye. If I get an <laughs> invite, I'm out there. I don't know about that. It better be... <laughs> There'd be a lot of alcohol, <laughs> a lot of parties. Kid Capri better be there. <laughs> like Kid 90- Capri. You can see Kid Capri down the block. <laughs> Don't fly to Wyoming and see Kid Capri. I, I, I'm just saying, if I go down to Wyoming and it's just like, you know, college bros and keggers of like, you know, bush light beer, I'm going to be hella pissed. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so I, 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 back to this. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be very interesting because. I, I I want I, I I like I like Drake, I like Pusha, um you know Pusha is one of my top five MCs. Drake I've, I've admired for a long time just because he's made these very interesting choices in terms of like bringing in like international sounds and bringing in different sounds into you know his musical choices and also doing stuff like shit he. You know, Block Boy, <laughs> JB <laughs> would be nothing without Drake. So, like, he, I, I understand that, like, just for him understanding cultural pulse. Um, you know, I, I want Drake to clap back. I'm scared that he's not is not going to be effective. Like, I'm I'm scared that like because if you come out and say, "Yeah, I took the blackface photo," what? Yeah, you know, it's like you can't. <laughs> or if you come out and say. Yeah, I took a blackface photo, and it was a, like a really painful time in my life. <laughs> and as Martin Luther King said, "Can't we all be friends?" Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, there's just not a lot of options here for him. Yeah, like I said, he's got to spend half the song. Like he's got he's got to do something where 
it explains away a lot of those accusations. And I don't think you could do that. Like, you know, explaining away accusations is not hip-hop. <laughs> you just take it. Like, yeah, I said that shit. What? And then, you know, lose your album sales or whatever. Or your endorsement deals. But I just can't see him kind of... And like I said, these are all... And what's fucked up is, like you said, the blackface photo, we could explain away. You know, the the baby, even though apparently she did throw something to social media, right now, because apparently since the, the, the launch line was involving his son, I'm going to have to assume that he stopped being a deadbeat dad just because it's kind of awkward for him to be like, all right, it's the, we'll launch tomorrow, pick up the kid again, uh, throw in front of some cameras, and then throw him right back <laughs> at the can again. So I'm assuming like these things could have changed since then, but I think in the way it was kind of presented to us, this, this is quote-unquote, you know, some would say it might be old information for a lot of his fans' information. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's it's, it's it definitely hurts. Yeah, it's not a knockout blow, but yeah. it's definitely he's I definitely mean, staggering. I mean, maybe maybe he just like yeah, it's like he can't even ignore it either. Like just like continue with his album rollout campaign, yeah. like it didn't happen. Like he can't do that either. Oh, it's gonna be great every 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 time he shows up for the next the next like year. The interview is gonna be like. Who's this kid? <laughs> it's, how sick is 40? It's, it's going to be all these weird, awkward questions where it's like, you know, he's going to always have to kind of deal with it. So yeah. he's going to have to attack it head on. That's why it's going to be interesting because I, I don't see, and like you said, I, it would have to be, he would have to have a rollout, <laughs> a whole multimedia rollout to kind of counteract the damage that's been done for the past 24 hours. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I, I yeah, it, it's I'm on pins and needles because I like, <laughs> like he he knows he has to say something like you know because like I I think the fact that you know he won against Meek Mill was the fact that Meek Mill like came kind of came back. It was the fact that like Meek Mill didn't come back for like a week, yeah. week and a half. And came back like super weak and still has to know? come back. Has he? Did they, did he ever release yeah, a song? He, he released a song. But like, it, I feel like it was a word freestyle. Wasn't yeah, it? It, was, it was like a freestyle verse, and yeah. it was just what I think. If it came out right, like within twenty four to forty eight hours, yeah. it would have had some effect. He still took the L, but it it took him like a week and a half. Like hmm. he disappeared, you know. Um, and I I think like you know, because like, apparently Pusha has more information on Drake, so I, I you would hope that. <laughs> If you're Drake, I mean, you have your your private investigators <laughs> running twenty four seven. I need you to break into Pusha T's household <laughs> and grab all his computer files. I mean, like, does, does Drake just call like the Virginia District Attorney and say like arrest this man <laughs> <laughs> for drug trafficking? <laughs> does, like, does that what Drake does? Yeah, you know? it's it's it's. it's it's got to be something spectacular, but like I said, it's, I, I, I'm hoping, though, even though the brand definitely took a hit, even though, you know, I don't, I'm, he may not be the same Drake, I do hope we get some fire music out of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's all, as a hip-hop fan, that's all you could hope for, and that's what generally comes out of this stuff. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, 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 you know, his career, because I've been going back on, on whether he'll survive this. Like, he'll survive this. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he has, yeah. Middle America doesn't really care about rap beefs. They find it entertaining. Exactly. But, exactly. like, you know, he drops another hotline bling. He's just t- he's number one again. Yeah. He's just sitting there chilling. You yeah, know? I mean, he has enough of a base of, of fans that he can kind of come back. He probably won't come back as strong initially, um, but he can he can come back from this. I mean, I, I'm, 
I'm curious now is if he's going to come back when Scorpion drops because apparently like I'm Mad was supposed to be kind of a Scorpion teaser and that was that was doo doo yeah so like like he needs another that was a bad I still can get it. that was that was easily one of the Drake singles I've ever heard one of the worst I, it's it's crazy after Knife for What and after God's Plan yeah and even after Buppy Freestyle like yeah. I'm not a big fan of it per se but it's a solid song yeah like like I'm upset sounds like like just trash like it's something I could have like anybody could have done that it was just a beat. And yeah, rapping. It, it, yeah. There's no hook. There's no dope beat. It's yeah, just words yeah. and music. I mean, like, I think for Drake's sake, like, hopefully he's like, I've been playing 3D chess all along. <laughs> like, that kid's not mine. It's yours. <laughs> <laughs> like, goes Mori or something like that. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I hope- artificially, you're a sperm. <laughs> 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 I, I, I hope for Drake's sake, like he's got something like that up his sleeve, cause yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, so let's talk about Daytona. Oh yeah. Um, Daytona. Like I personally, I, I the thing is of going back to our love of Pusha T, cause I think we both share that. The thing about Pusha T is all you need to give him is just menacing beats. You just give him something to kind of get the mood right. The the like I will slap you and you take all your coke money because I'm the greatest coke dealer ever in the world yeah. type music and have him rap over it and it'll be classic. And I think I think the run short is a little bit too short. Oh yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think the excuse that that'll make it a classic which I agree with to a certain extent because Lord knows you know Race Murder got triple albums coming out. Yeah. We've kind of hit the world of mega bloat and hip hop albums. Yeah. But I do think that the seven is a little too short, particularly of what we get there. Particularly if some of those songs are really good. Yeah. Like a lot of those songs could use another verse. Yeah. And then we know he could do it. Like he's he's a great MC. So to have Pusher rhyme over beats at a high quality is not something that's too too out of the realm of responsibility. Yeah. But a possibility. But I think that it's it's and they're trying to call it a classic. I don't think an album that's like twenty minutes long could be a classic per se. But it's definitely one of his better works. Like it's definitely comparable to his work in the clips. I put it that way. I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I think Clips Pusher is always going to be number one pusher for me. Hmm. Um, you know, I, his solo albums have always kind of been like good, but it could never capture that magic of the clips. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, I think this album was great. I mean, I, I, I thought that, and we're we're saying this before we started recording, the the drug raps are kind of funny to me uh just I, i'm sorry but like like all right so if you're 41 years old you're still running drugs does that mean you're like your music career didn't take off <laughs> you know like <laughs> and, and i get you know? it there's, there's no the for the for the, the way the man speaks of all the white powder flying in and out like he literally they must li- he must literally own a fleet of trucks that is traveling from here to Mexico, from VA to Mexico, full of full of cocaine. Like, yeah, I'm just like, if, if that's the case, like, aren't shouldn't you be in like protection or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> you know, I mean, or shouldn't the feds have you locked up by now? <laughs> you know, and like for years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, come on, son. Like, yeah. but no, I I I, I think. That was the only thing. I, I, I think it was kind of one note in a lot of ways, just because I, and maybe if there was like 10 to 12 songs, then maybe can it kind of expand. But I, you know, this is what he's giving the people what they want. They want Coke raps. Yeah. And, and you know, 
that's what I want. Like it's like you know, I want sometimes when I go to my favorite pizzeria, burger joint, restaurant, I got my meal and I like to get it the way I normally get it. And <laughs> pushes me to me classic like '90s Wu Tang fucking Wu Gambino Coke raps for like decades now. And so that's why to a certain extent I I, I can't. You know, I look at it two ways because you've got you got generally in music business you got two acts. You've got yeah. the one you have the one act where it's like, oh shit, I do this really well. I'm gonna kind of go deeper into my sounds, and then, and then, and then they have a great career doing that. Or you have the other ones where every album or two they switch it up. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I can't really be mad. You know, to a certain because you have schools of both ways. You know, you have Radiohead, which obviously every album they switch up and they do fantastic. Yeah. You got another band, let's say Metallica, where you know for after those first couple of albums, which are a classic, they try to, every time they try to switch it up. Since then, has been horrible. Yeah. And then, and then, and so you have two schools. But at the same time, I do think that you know. I go to certain acts for certain things. Like, you know, I listen to, like, Mary J. Blige, what is a bad breakup? You know what I'm saying? Not for you. I don't ever want to hear, like, you know, like, let's say fucking, I don't ever want to hear, like, a really sad, really, really sad Lil Yachty song. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not about that really sad Lil Yachty life. I want to hear Happy Turn Up, you know? Yeah. And I think that even though that Pusha T's kind of put that same narrative for decades now, what I like about Pusha T is he still finds different ways to say it. It doesn't sound old yet. Now, you could argue the topic is old. Absolutely. But the way he's saying it, the fun he's having of the wordplay, word I think that still, it still sounds fresh to me. He still sounds hungry. Yeah. As opposed to the way Drake's been sounding where, yeah, that's it, really. Because you could argue that they've both been kind of pushing the same kind of well. Yeah. But even though Pusha T has a much longer career than Drake has, that Pusha T still sounds hungry. Oh, yeah. Where Drake just sounds like, all right, here's a song about a girl that's, you know, who's cute and she didn't return my phone calls and now I'm rich and fuck her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's the same kind of thing where I think there's, if it's hard to be vital and do the same kind of thing, but it's possible. And I think a Pusha T kind of shows that and as opposed to, let's say, a, a Drake where, you know, we're kind of bored of what he's doing now. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and you know, I, 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 I mean, look, you know, the Pusha T diss has shown us that Pusha, Pusha can rap about anything. <laughs> Multiple like, sclerosis. Yeah. You know, Stace. somebody going to step on my foot in the train. I want to hire Pusha T. Steve Harvey suits. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> single moms <laughs> which you know it's like I, I know that as a Push T fan like I know he can rap about everything like and I think like you know the like I know he can you know rap about anything so I, I was I kind of expecting that but yeah no I, I thought I thought it was great I thought the Kanye production was solid yes I thought it was very cohesive but in, in his defense and non-defense I think it's relatively easy because because all those beats were not that complex no, but like Santeria had a beat switch, but that beat switch wasn't really that crazy. But I, I, I think like even when you, you know, it's not complex maybe to the ear, but I still, I still think making something that's so cool, it, like to me, it sounded like one song, and that's not a diss. It's actually I don't want to diss track. Yeah. don't diss me. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but it, it's when it's not a diss. It's just more of it's sounded sonically cohesive. Yeah. Um, to the point where it's like it, it's almost like the same narrative. Yeah, it, it's in not a lot of ways. Yeah, it's not. Here's the radio friendly track. Here's a track by Mike Will made it. Here's yeah. a DJ Mustard song. Yeah. Here's a street track for guys. You no, know, like Zaytoven. It's it's kind of like it's it's a it's and 
it's a work of it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a work. It's one piece of work. It's one solid exactly. ass album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and and I, I think you know, like I said, like a lot of people were questioning kind of Kanye, um, and kind of questioning is he up for this? Um, and yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, he is. You know, so now. As much as, like, you know, Friday's album from Kanye is going to be, you know, whatever, I don't even care about what he's saying, but I think, like, you know, just on the production side, he's still there. Yeah. You know, even if we kind of, you know, think that maybe something in his mind might be suspect, his production is still fairly solid. And he was able to create a narrative here that I, I haven't heard from a lot of albums. Because you're right. You're like, there's a lot of industry, like, label meddling and things like that, which kind of watered down maybe, you know, some of these types of albums. Yeah. Whereas I, I think, you know, having it seven songs, which I guess Pusha I went on somebody's radio show and said, like, he actually didn't want it to be seven songs. He wanted to be, be, be more 10 or 12. And Kanye's vision, I think, for each one of these projects is to have them to be seven songs. Uh, but then I, apparently Kanye might not have <laughs> seven yeah. songs in his album. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. You know? So, but, but, you know, but having it to, you know, seven songs, I, I think it cuts out the crap, yeah. you know, and, and it made it to a point where it's all meat. <laughs> There's no filling at all. Um, and I think, you know, if you're going to do that for, for anybody, it's Pusha. Yeah. You know, agreed. So, agreed. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, I I think it's I'm gonna say it's the it's 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 like it's hard to judge because it's so short. So I'm not gonna say it's like the, it'll be the best rap release of the year, but definitely like I know he was on I think it was at um, the Breakfast Club saying that even though Drake will sell more, his is a better album. I don't think it's I don't, I don't think that's a leap to say that the way Drake has been going, even you know even if it's a mid tier Drake album. It'll be better than than Drake's. It's just it's just he's just been oh, of course yeah he's just, he's just at a he, at right now. Right now, artistically, push push is in a better place at the yeah. end of the day. No, yeah. definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. yeah. But uh, Drake got the singles though. There's no yeah. singles on this album. Yeah, but that, <laughs> but that, but that, but that, I'm upset. Wasn't a single. We're gonna see. <laughs> That's true. We're gonna That's see true. very quickly. Well, although uh, God's plan was still a great, great song. So, you know, yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll facilitate between both those. So, uh, I mean, so there's there's a rapper that got left in the shuffle. All right. So this weekend, here's the thing. The Biggest Loser, <laughs> and, and, and I've, I've seen this a couple of times on social media, of this whole rap beef, poor ASAP Rocky. Which is actually kind of funny, because I don't know, I mean, I don't know why I'm nerding out. I just want to be a data scientist at OVO, apparently. But, like, I was looking at the Google Trends, right? ASAP was actually trending higher than Pusha T. And then the Drake diss happened, and then Pusha T, like, just because of the Drake diss, as Drake predicted, Pusha T, like, leaped higher on uh, the ASAP. And that was on, like, Friday, Saturday. Um, so ASAP, like, almost was going to win the weekend. <laughs> and then womp, womp, womp. Womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> I was dissing ASAP, I think it was uh, uh, an episode ago, too. Yeah. yeah. yeah last- Episode, yeah, I have to eat those yeah. words. It's it's actually, and I've heard a lot of people kind of go in on the album, like, but like it's it's really, I still think his first mixtape was better, but it's definitely the way he's been going because you could see him trying to do both things. He wants to have this kind of weird vibe, 
like of all the old school like down south records that it has we just kind of roll around to yeah but he also wants to kind of get this because you know his whole big thing was the fact that he started doing drugs and this whole world opened up to him so the last record it was a single songwriter I forget his name that did a lot of the tracks so suddenly he would have all this guitar and all these weird melodies so he kind of wanted to have it so that way it's almost like you know this music you could kind of ride out to and smoke weed to and it's chilling your you know huge car but on the same side something where you might like you know if you're doing you know shrooms in your room looking at posters and kind of still trippy so I think you know lyrics aside which you'll get to I think he pulled it off with this record yeah um, what I like about it is the fact of where like you know the songs kind of shift it continues to shift in interesting ways where it's almost like so you have an Aesop Rocky and he's in, you know, a dope beat He's rapping on a dope beat, smooth, because that's all Aesop Rocky does. Yeah. And in the sample, it's almost like he's playing a sample song while he's rapping. Yeah. So there's times you can barely hear Rocky because the sample kind of creeps in, like 3-6 Mafia songs and yeah. all this stuff. And like this, he has another song where of Kodak Black where he's calling up Kodak Black. But the song starts off as almost like an interlude where it is guitar playing and his voices yeah, 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 and it's like distant and Kodak Black starts singing and even yeah. that sounds distant because it's the, the cell phone yeah. and while that's happening there's a voice talking about like making calls in jail like the like the automated voice you get when you call yeah, yeah, yeah. so like even though so it's weird so it's, it's this weird album where it's almost like a musical collage Yeah, the weakest link unfortunately and the thing is I like Rocky as a rapper I love Rocky but going back to the Pusha T discussion or even the Drake Rocky has no bars yeah. His whole thing is that he flows smooth. Yeah. He has funny one-liners. He's got the he's got he's got good ad-libs. Yeah. But th- there's no actual substance to the songs themselves. Yeah. At times this changes a little bit. Like he's got a little Drake moment towards the end where he talks about like, you know, like he's looking at old Facebooks and he's wondering if the girlfriends are actually happy. Like these old dates people he was yeah. dating, if they're happy or this if they're happy generally or if they're doing it to tease him, kinda like, you know. And he's got a couple of songs with Frank Ocean where we all know Frank Ocean automatically PhD level deep. Mm-hmm. But, Spoiler alert, those girlfriends are not <laughs> trying to tease him. <laughs> They're just trying to live their lives. But continue. Yeah, but it's but it's cool to kind of see him kind of like like I guess and it's almost it reminds me of funny enough of like a, a life of Pablo. The life of Pablo. Mm. Where you know Connie had literally it's not like he had like fucking three hours for music. He was like, What the fuck do I do? I'm just gonna throw everything fucking together, you know, yeah. have Rick Rubin come and sit there, help me put it together, and now we've got a whole song where songs bleed into each other. You have a you have a minute and a half song here, then now it's a four minute ballad and everything else. Where with ASAP it's almost a better version of that because A, again, like he does smooth. And even though there's nowhere near the highs, nowhere even close to the highs of Pablo, which is a mid-tier Kanye West album. I feel like it's a it's it's great cohesive work. Like it's something yeah. where I really kind of because I was on vacation, I didn't have a chance to do it, but I would love to kind of sit in the car and just ride from point A to point B and let it blast because it's yeah. kind of it's just so so smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'll definitely agree with you on that. I mean, as far as the cohesion, because I I, I think I was kind of not really scared about this album, but you know, he he was kind of talking about like how he wants to do something bigger than rap and like rap was like kind of low bar for him. Yeah. And then he had this like weird ass, uh, thing. Um, you know, this premiere party where he's doing this kind of art, uh, mm-hmm. installation or whatever that I don't think went over too well. Um, so I, I thought this was album was going to be way too weird and way too out of his lane. Um, and I think what probably happened is some A and R at the label was like, no. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> Some what is this shit just typed out angrily <laughs> RCA records is like no <laughs> which is actually you know I, I I think like this is where you know somebody like A&R like probably you know well, it's a good thing you know but I think you know the result was that cohesion like he was able to kind of do what he does best which is kind of these trap raps but interlace them with these kind of like guitar Solo, yeah, trip, you know, trippy. FKA you Twigs. Know. Who thought FKA Twigs and ASAP Rocky? Yeah, like, those are two totally different worlds, but yeah. it works perfectly together. Yeah, so like I, I was, I was, you know, I was fairly impressed with just kind of how um, they all blended together. Now the problem with this album, which is a problem with Drake's views and the problem with you know even like Kanye's um, shit. Uh, what was the album New Slaves was on? Um, Jesus. Jesus. It was a winter album that dropped in the summer. Very true. And I, I think I couldn't really get into the mood. Y- yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I listened to this album like one of the highest days of the year. And I just couldn't get into the mood of, of like what he was trying to set. So I kind of tuned out for most of the album. So I can't speak about this album as, as eloquently as you did. ASAP <laughs> <laughs> Rocky PR. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I kind of tuned out on a lot of points just because it didn't catch me. Like, I understood what he's doing, um, but I just was not in the right mood for it. Oh, yeah, there's no singles here. Like, like, yeah. And that's the thing, I think, going back to the, when I compared to Life of Pablo, Life of Pablo was hella singles. Chock full of singles. Yeah. Here, there's nothing like that. There's no, there's no big. Oh, this will be the hit song. It's very, very, very fucking moody. Like I said, you've got a weird guitar ballad of Kodak Black. Like yeah. that's not, yeah. that's not a summer banger. Yeah. But I, I do kind of like the fact of where, because like I said, you saw him zigging. So you had the first couple of when he first came out, it was all Clams Casino production, very atmospheric. Yeah. Then we started doing his stuff. He would have almost these ballad songs, and he got his singing songwriter kind of like psychedelic rock stuff he was trying to pull off. So it's cool kind of seeing everything in the project that works for him because, and I think is I just kind of feel bad because like I said before is people just kind of do him as a rapper, which I think was unfair because he's, he's a, he's got a great voice and he's got a, and he's got a smooth flow. Yeah. It's the fact that he wasn't releasing anything deep, which again is not necessarily, you know, just cause going back to the whole, you know, just because rappers are speaking about these, these, these lofty topics, you know, of even though they may be reruns of like let's say drug addiction and you know being the best drug dealer in the world, yeah. Aesop Rock talking about like yeah I'm gonna party full of models over like you know 20 songs can be a little redundant, but I think it's a little unfair because a lot of the a lot of our favorite rappers like now or fun party fun party rappers, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody's looking at let's say like even for your older heads like nice and smooth. Like, what were these lyrical missives that Nice and Smooth said? No, or even, yeah, or, or even yeah. like your little yeah. yachty, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Forgetting about the mumble rap. There's no. I think like the the you know the diss against Rocky was not really about. I, I think it's he was like the first of the line of New York rappers who embraced Southern hip hop, and kind of skewed the like the traditional New York like East Coast sound. True, and I think like that's where I don't think it was like the lyrical content or kind of like you know what he was saying. I think it was like like people were not expecting like you know like Harlem where I live. You know you have like Puffy, you know you have uh, you know Cameron. You have these like hard hitting, hard knocking sounds. It's, and, it's a place where Fat Joe could have a hit song every ten years, just being just exactly. a New York a straight New York party <laughs> rap song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if you look at somebody like um, 
uh, shit, like Young and May, whatever. Like they, even though they kind of walk those lines, they still kind of have that East Coast sound. Or even some of the tracks that uh, your boy Six Nine dropped. Yeah, you know, like like they kind of tread that East Coast sound. Where like 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 Rocky was the first person to say. You know, fuck it. I want to make money. Yeah. So then, you know, from there you have like a designer who, like, I didn't even know was from New York. Yeah. <laughs> so like deep into his career, you know, uh, because they 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 understood what the sound of the moment was. Um. So yeah, I I don't think the knock on Rocky was just like his. I mean, maybe it is, but I think it's more about, you know, he he was that first New York rapper to kind of like understand the the, the greater trends. Uh, in the world in terms of like where hip hop was going and like, you know, open the door for people to, to not be stuck in this East coast box. Um, and I say this as a, not a New York native. <laughs> he killed us so. all. No, but it's, it's true. It's something where, cause I think before, cause even like, like one of my favorite things, cause you saw things popping up with like one of my favorite moments in hip hop in like the past 10 years was, um, the rise of a cross. Yeah. Where um like a blowing money fast and like um an MC Hammer, where you had these almost street song New York street song things, like very hardcore, but at the same time it's it was very the New York like like summer in Brooklyn that's all they were playing yeah. was like blowing money fast you know I don't think you big meets Larry Hoover continuously and you had that's why you have a chic louch go on there where somebody who avowedly were East Coast New York never leaving yeah. could go on that track and just, it would still feel like a New York song yeah but Rocky was just like Rocky could have been a dude from like fucking you know Houston yeah, yeah. no exactly I mean it's, it's for his first album was talking about like. You know, purple drink. Yeah. And that's not a New York thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Houston, you know, like New Orleans thing, you know? So, yeah, no, I mean, but yeah, no, so like back to this album, I, I like I said, I, I want to give it a few more spins. Uh, I got distracted, like we all did. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I, I, I see where Rocky's going. Like, I, I hope that he kind of like continues that. Like, he doesn't get like, you know, um, discouraged. And, and you know, like I, I think they could, it, it could be a very interesting blend and an interesting bridge between kind of like these psychedelic sounds and like tr- more traditional hip hop. Um, Cause I, I mean, like I said, like one, one of my things is I want, I want us to not be stuck into these boxes. Like I feel like we're back in these boxes now. Like we, like I only really listen to hip hop and R and B, or like left field hip hop and R and B. Yeah. <laughs> Where I used to listen to a lot of indie rock, a lot of like UK shoegaze and things like that. Um so I, I, I think, you know, Rocky could be one of those dudes to kind of like blend that stuff and, and kinda of open up doors on both sides of the spectrum. So Yeah. So yeah. hopefully. Well like I said it's hopefully it's it's a good one guys. Give it a try, damn it. <laughs> Give it a try. Don't get distracted. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh what you been listening to? All right, so um, so another person who, who kind of got, uh, pushed to the wayside, um, was, uh, Azalea Banks, who That's... dropped, oh, so she dropped this track called Anna Wintour, uh, I think a few months ago, and she, like, dropped a video, um, I feel very sorry, because this track needs to be the track of the summer, um, and not saying, like, it needs to be this track, like, of the summer nationwide, but like I want, I would love to have this track being played at all of my rooftop parties I'm going to go to this summer, <laughs> and like Brooklyn and Harlem. Like it, it's just like such a great dance track. It has a great message. It's kind of like this kind of female empowerment track. It's hitting all the right notes. 
like the video is kind of heard, heard uh, you know just kind of dancing around but like making these power poses um and i was like oh this is this is amazing this is an amazing amazing track but the messenger <laughs> yeah is not and and what sucks about her i swear to god like 20 years from now there's gonna be some weird reinvention we're gonna look down at Aaron and say how dope she was because she's been we've got she had her first album she had uh it's two mixtapes or one mixtape i think like two two think, maybe, yeah. yeah so she had she's got probably a good let's say 40 songs out there and they're probably they're probably all fucking slamming like i, I never heard of zia bang so i was like oh this sucks yeah like, they've all they're all been good to fucking great and it's kind of sad where like she's so talented that you know the drama and and she just I mean at a certain point it's because you know there's points where it's like maybe she's just kind of being mean maybe it's kind of mental illness at a certain point I think we kind of hit to the point where you know there might be issues but I think she just likes being the bad guy which is good yeah I mean it, but it, it, yeah I think it overshadows music and I, I think it'd be nice for her to just like have you know come off an album like two or three singles like no fights you know let's have a one 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 year free. And just have some dope shit. And, yeah. I, and I think it'd be, I think she'd, her, I think, I think we'd be better for it. I, I, like, she needs to be heard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think, like, this, this track, you know, number one, you know, I don't know what, what, what issue she may or may not have. Um, but she hasn't lost a step yeah. musically. Um, and like I said, like, this track, I could hear, like, a Cardi B remix almost. I could hear, like, you know, all, I, I see all these kind of possibilities for this track just because it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, I mean, it's nothing. I think extraordinary in terms of like what it is. It's just like a '90s house track. But again, I feel like you know, in the summer, I remember like in the summer, like three or four years ago, they were like their like disclosure popped off with their tracks, and um, there's a couple other like UK groups that like, they had like number one, number two sing- singles. I think there's there's something about the, like even Azalea Banks when like two and two came out like was was everywhere. I think it's something about the summer that brings out these house tracks <laughs> that people are just kind of like, like really cling on to. And I think, you know, seeing like this track, not getting any buzz just, you know, it, it upsets me. Uh, it really, really upsets me. Um, and I don't know who to be mad at, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, uh, so yeah, I've been listening to that. Um, what have you been listening to? I mean, it's, it's been a, not, not much, but, uh, what I did kind of dig a little deeper was going back to Pusha T um, on Santeria, which I thought probably is my favorite song on that album. There was a hook that came on, um, and then it's, it was uh, the, there was a Spanish woman singing, mm-hmm. and her name is um, I don't know if it's zero seven zero or just seventy, mm-hmm. and it's Shake, mm-hmm. and that zero seven zero is like the crew name where I, I, they're they're Jersey based and it's a whole it's a like collective oh, artist cool. rappers. Yeah, but um, so once I heard that, I was like, oh, let me dig a little deeper. And she's interesting because uh, what I liked about it was the fact of where, like, and this kind of goes back to something else where, remember we were talking about Princess Nokia and then mm-hmm. she has a, like a new mixtape that kind of came out and it wasn't a good mixtape that just came out. Terrible. <laughs> and the idea there was that she was trying to go for like this weird, like, all right, you know, I used, uh, and like a lot of kids, like, you know, I used to like rock music. I used to like a certain emo kind of rock music. I want to do this kind of emo rock music. And, you know, I, in her case, I thought she kind of big off, bit off a little more than she could chew. Yeah. Where she strayed a little bit too far from her sound without really playing around with it. Because, you know, like, like we have to respect genres. Same way how, you know, 
and I want to be too mean, but the same way how like you know if, if a rock or white rock act wants to start rapping today, even though the guy could sing like Robert Plant, he's gonna be a shitty rapper. It yeah. takes time to kind of build those muscles. Yeah, and I think she kind of went too far over there without kind of recognizing her strengths. Yeah. Um, what was 07 Shake? What's interesting is that uh, she kind of plays with those elements, but it's a lot more organic. Mm. So. Unfortunately, she's got a deeper voice, more of a baritone. Mm. And the thing is, and, and that's why I think that song of Push T works. What she does on her own songs, sometimes she, she auto-tunes them up a little bit higher, and they kind of, you know, like the, auto, like, yeah. like the kids are doing nowadays, all that fancy auto-tune. <laughs> now they're auto-tuning all their songs. <laughs> so it, it gets a little wobbly at times, and it kind of she leans on that a little bit too much. I think it's because she's trying to reach those octo, those, those ranges that she expects from like a, from like those from those kind of, um, like, the songs that she likes. Mm. But what's great is, like, it's a mix because it's kind of like what Little People is doing where it's, like, emo of a guitar. Yeah. But no, it's still mainly trap beats. Yeah. But what I laugh about it is that, like, there's a moment, like, there's two songs on the end called Stranger and Glitter. And I swear to God, I was listening to it. I'm like, what does this remind me of? What does it remind me of? And I realized, Evanescence. <laughs> because she's doing, like, this kind of operatic, you know, auto-tune thing, which, yeah. isn't, which, which isn't the gra- greatest because, you know, auto-tune vocals are kind of, you know, yeah. mostly miss. But then while that's happening, she's doing, like, these weird vocal things in the background. Mm-hmm. On the last track, which I think is Glitter, there's actually, like, an opera angle in the background. Right. So you see her going for this extra emo stuff, even though it's still trap beats. Yeah. And to me, it's something where, like, it's, it's not, like, I like those songs. It's not perfect, perfect, but you see kind of where it's going, and I think where that cross-hybridization could kind of happen. Going back to, like, the Rocky, how you're saying how I think it's time for us to kind of start going to other places. Yeah. So what I like about 070 Shake is the fact of where I think she's kind of nailed it. And it's going to be interesting to see how she kind of, like, you know, because I think she says, I'm coming out soon, mm-hmm. how she refines that sound because it's there. It's, I think it's where you kind of have to need to be where... Obviously, she fucks with rock music. Obviously, she fucks with trap. Obviously, she sings, so it's a little bit of R&B. Yeah. And she raps. So she's got all these things, but you hear the, you hear the song, and it's like, oh, this is a rock song. Yeah. Oh, this is a trap song. Yeah. Oh, this is whatever. whatever. It's just a song. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to just kind of see how, like, like, particularly now, I think we're in a weird place where everybody thinks they're rock stars. You know, of course, EDM is everywhere. Like, I think the kids are kind of growing up in the, at least in the U.S. where, you know, it's hard for you to escape dance music. It's hard for you to escape hip hop. And it's hard for you to escape kind of even now today, even though it's not the most popular thing, rock music. Yeah. Just because it's pure Americana. So it's going to be interesting to see how these kids kind of meld it all together just because, you know, they're out there, they're, they're absorbing all these things. YouTube is right there. So it's going to be interesting to see how the future artists, future MCs kind of play with these genres. So I think she's a, she's a good example of how to do it right. Even though I'm not a, even though it's not a perfect album, it's, not a, mm-hmm. it's actually a mixtape. So even though it's not perfect, she's definitely got a lot of shit correct and I want to see what's going to happen in the future. That's cool. And we talked about this a long time ago. It's like, you know, there's been this rock star element in hip hop, uh, especially with like these young kids, and they're wearing like Nirvana shirts and they're wearing these like you know like rock themed shirts. And I think it, it's kind of interesting now that they're actually googling the the, sh- the bands <laughs> and they're, they're on their shirts. That's what they sound like. <laughs> you know, uh, it took them a minute, but you know they're googling it and it's just kind of like it's it's coming out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, it's an experiment, so I'm sure like the first. If you try, they're not going to be great. But I, I, I want to get back to a world where we are kind of like fucking with different genres, and we are kind of like bringing different people, uh, different races into the fold. Because I, I, I think like music kind of needs that right now because we're way too segmented. So yeah, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to listen to it, but I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, like, yeah, why not? Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I guess like 
there's one other uh, artist I'll, I'll, I'll throw out here. Um, so Coco from Quadron. Um, so if you don't know Quadron, Quadron is like, uh, they came out with two albums. It was like a self-titled album and uh, a major label debut called Avalanche. Um, I actually booked them in D.C. a long time ago, like probably 10 years ago. Um, they're Danish, um, and they're an R&B, like, kind of like, if you like Little Dragon, you'll like Quadron. Like, yeah. It's just like R&B, you know. With a little dance edge to it. We have a little dance edge to it with a little European edge. It's in, you know, they're, like, quasi-popular uh, around here. Um, and they, I guess they, they've been broken up for a while. Um, and, you know, I follow the lead singer Coco on Instagram and she's living her best life and kind of like out in like the islands, like just chilling. Um, but apparently she has like this, this two song EP that she dropped, uh, called Dulce Aqua, uh, which is like the, I mean, talking about winter album. It's super sad. <laughs> it's about like apparently she was dating this much older man and he broke her heart and this is like her kind of pouring her heart out you know, on like music, which I think is great. I mean that's what music is. Like music is you know like heartbreak is like the fundamental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know like genesis of music for like years now. So, uh, but it was really cool. Like like I thought the 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 cover. I don't know if that's intentional or not. It was like reminded me of like Love Deluxe by Sade, uh, by Um And I think, you know, it's just if you liked her earlier work, like for me personally, I'm a I'm a personal fan. So I like the fact that she kind of brought back like uh, you know, like I just like I like it when she appears. I like it when like uh, she's like, Oh, I'm gonna drop new music. Um, because I am just I, I think she's one of my favorite singers because she has this very interesting voice that's very kind of like um, almost like a baritone but not really but very soulful but very like kind of reserved um, she's one of my favorite voices in music so it's just like really cool for me to kind of hear her have new music and this is very much not like Quadron it's very much kind of like Spanish guitar and her just kind of pouring her heart out um, but it's the, you can feel the passion in the music, which I think, I mean, not saying like music, you know, people who are like making mumble rap don't have passion, but it's just, they're it's, passionate about that purple drink. Yeah. It's like a Them different zans. thing. You know, it's like uh, you, you go, you know, after when you get a, a good addiction going, you, know, you don't get your hit. You get like, passionate. I mean, I've only met like Coco like two or three times. And so she's not my friend or anything, but I was like, yo, who's this motherfucker? <laughs> 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 Why you gotta break her heart like that? <laughs> you know, like that's how I, how I kind of feel after listening to this album. So um, yeah, you know, it's all on your favorite streaming platforms. There's only two songs, so it's not a huge investment. Um, you know, if you like, I said it's it's vastly different from our other work, but I think it's one of those things where you know, as an artist, you just want to put something out and just like share it and just like share your heartbreak and like it felt like very just from looking at her tweets and things like that, like it feels like very like therapeutic for her like, to kind of share her story. So yeah, good, good for her. Good for her. Yeah, no. And then, I mean, everything else on, on my end, I think the last thing I've listened to a lot of has been, um, it's gonna be a little awkward to kind of mention it because it requires a little backstory, but it's really that awkward. Math rock. So for, 
there's a genre of rock music where it's very much about like uh like the name kind of says it's a little complex. Mm-hmm. So it's um it'll be like the the drums are very it's almost like let's say everything kind of works in the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And the idea of that you'll have a guitar and a bass and maybe usually multiple guitars and like so the same musical phrase, one guitar might start, another guitar plays another note. It's kind of like back and forth a lot. Yeah. But um and the thing is, there was always been a bunch of indie because you know it's there's it, something like that will always thrive in indie rock. There's a lot of famous bands like Slint that that did it back in the early '90s. Mm-hmm. But apparently, it's huge in Japan, huge, 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 huge. Not surprised. Not surprised. But um, there's one band in particular which I kind of got put on to called Tricot, mm-hmm. and um, it's female fronted. So it's um, they've got three albums. The three main female members are the same members in all three albums. Mm. They had an original drummer that left after the first album, and since then it had a couple of, of like su- like touring drummers. Although apparently now they have a, a final drummer. Yeah. So I kind of fell down that black hole, and particularly their first album. Um, their first album because uh, a it was a little more rockier, but also that drummer yeah was insane, mm. insane. So it was just basically. What the way they kind of do it is like you have the guitars, you know, you've got the bass, they're singing, and obviously there's different parts because it's got to be a little more on the progress side. But it's points because since they they are all vocalists, they would hit these really good melody points. So while this is happening, he's just going nuts, and so it's kind of cool because you have a lot of start and stop, which almost sound jazzish at times. Mm. So there's a, um so particularly on the first album, there's a couple of songs that I was really addicted to, but um there's one called. I'm gonna destroy the name, Oh Chenton Sue, mm-hmm. and then that's track number seven on that album, and it's just like a great little R&B jazzy thing where mm. it just kind of starts off and it sounds a little maybe like oh it might be a little more like yeah. on the rock side, but then yeah. it is, and then he's just kind of like you know the fills going in there is just like he's playing his ass off, yeah. but it's also very R&B. So he'll come out there do a little quick crazy fill and bring it back. You know, mm. their vocals will come in and bring it back. It's yeah. a lot of push and pull. So it's a lot of that, a lot of that stuff, and it kind of reminds me of this kind of like in general how there's a shitload of music we are not listening to because we're filthy Americans, <laughs> and if it's not worse, we have no idea how it actually exists. <laughs> so as a result, like it made it a point for me to kind of like, all right, I'm gonna start listening to because apparently, like in that scene, Japan is a huge math rock scene for like the past decade or two. Like while we're doing indie rock, that was their version of it. Yeah. So I'm just gonna like dive deeper into it. But um, the band is called Tricon, and that album is called The. Just playing. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. All right, people. Uh, so I think we're gonna should we we should wrap it up. Here. We should wrap it up because we, 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 we gotta because Drake might have. I'm, I'm checking my phone right Bro, now. I don't I, think Drake I, dropped it. Like I'm waiting for this one. You know, like disclaimer, people. Like <laughs> I need, I need, I'm, 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 Drake. I'm very mad. I don't see. I don't see no tweets. I'm waiting here. It's been 24 hours. Where are you, Drake? It's been 24 hours. We deserve a response immediately. We know you've got plenty of time. We know you've got a thousand of students, one studios in each room in Calabasas. We need these raps now, buddy. We need these raps now. He's doing the opposition research. Yeah, no, maybe that's what it is. He's got a whole bunch of crack team of Russian hackers out there. <laughs> <laughs> What's his push a T? <laughs> Comrade, I do not understand this. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up DMV records and shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, nah, it's, it's all fair game now. It's all fair game. Floodgates are open. You know, he's going to bring out, like, you know, his, like, prom date. <laughs> <laughs> 
Didn't um who did that? Fifty Cent did that. Who's Fifty Cent? Oh, but that was the whole yeah. Fifty Cent, yeah. That we were, if we had to go honest though, as far as Path Beasts are concerned, the one who got the meanest was Fifty Cent still. Because then he post up like Rick Rock like porn tapes with the with his Rick Ross's baby mother. Yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. No, it's like, yeah, yeah. That it's was like, just like that, that was, yeah, that yeah. was just mean. Uh, that was, yeah, that yeah. was yeah. That, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, know. Fifty still kind of unfortunately still has the, the the low bro crown actually. But and that's the thing, like he didn't he didn't recover from that. Yeah, he, he, like he didn't get any points for that. Which is weird, but you know what? I think it is also it depends on where you are. I think it's because you know when Fifty went after like Ja Rule, he was it, it was seen as picking on somebody. Yeah. When he was going after Rick Ross, it was also based on things of being him not being um, authentic. But at the same time, Fifty was still somebody who was so popular. So it was seen not really, you know, like kind of unfair. Yeah. Like, why are you picking on Rick Ross? We already know he doesn't really, he's a CEO. We, we just like his Maybach shit. Leave us, leave him alone. And I think that's what it is also, like even a track like Takeover, where if you had a certain stature, for you to kind of get that ugly, it just seems kind of mean. It's like, you know, <laughs> you got to punch down. I mean, uh, punch up, not down. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. Anyway, people, we, we, we like those 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 people that you try to get rid of at the party, and they still want to linger around. Yeah, we're still out here. We're still out here. We say goodbye like twenty minutes ago, and we're still out here. I'm still on the Wi-Fi, <laughs> waiting for that Drake. This. Alrighty, people. Alright, people. Until next time. Next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>